This is the EWN Podcast Network. Welcome to Prime Spark, the podcast that brings you conversations that inspire, celebrate, and empower women over 55. The second women's revolution is here, and it is time for us to fuel a spark that will ignite your way forward, illuminate your path, and reflect your gifts in the world. Now, here is your host for Prime Spark, Sarah Hart. Hi, and welcome to Prime Spark. I'm Sarah Hart, and I'm so happy you're here with us. Prime Spark is designed for women over 55 or close, with a goal to help us all live our happiest, most fulfilling, and productive lives now and in the future. The mission of Prime Spark is to change the way our society sees and treats older women. That's a big mission, which only means we all need to be involved and we need to get going now. And today I have the great pleasure of talking with Gail Zalitsky and Catherine Marino, two women whose work I greatly admire. Gail and Catherine are innovators in their respective fields of business and higher education and are both longtime champions of women's issues. In 2019, they launched Women Over 70, Aging Reimagined, to shatter the myth that women become irrelevant as they age and to celebrate women's enduring courage, compassion, and contribution. Their weekly podcast features women ages 70 through 100 plus, whose stories inspire women of all ages. The podcast has grown into a flourishing venture that includes monthly programming, speaking to organizations and groups, blogging, the Facebook group, and Aging Reimagined Circle, their sustaining membership fund. Visit womenover70.com to learn more. Welcome, Gail and Catherine. I'm so happy you're here today. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah. Yeah. So just in getting started, let me ask each of you, do you experience getting older? And if you do, what is that experience? And if you don't, why do you think it is that you don't? <laughs> well, I'll start. I'm the elder statesman here, <laughs> stateswoman. <laughs> and and uh, yes, I do experience getting older. Absolutely. I, I believe in my heart and my head that I am still in my teens. But every day when I get up, I know I don't feel quite like I felt in my teens. And <laughs> excuse me. And so, uh, yes, I, I, you know, from that standpoint, I definitely experience getting older from a physical standpoint. And, and, you know, there are signs mentally too, but I don't let it, let it take over. I, I continue to live my life with verve and, and with excitement and with fun and continue to do the things that make a difference for me and others. 
How about for you, Kath? I, I'm um, I'm 73, and I I do certainly notice that I'm aging. It's more from the external me when I look see myself, my physical self, and I I have a few more aches and pains than I did before, but nothing major. Uh, but but inside, I feel more energetic and alive than I have for the past many years. So. Um, I think that aging, getting over the hump of 70, has put me into a whole new cohort and a new, uh, it's a lot of freedom in, in, in this phase of life. Oh, I love that, Catherine. I have, for both of you, I have, um, and you have too, I have interviewed at this point a couple hundred women and asked that question. And I think 95% say, yeah, physically, um, you know, but inside, I feel more me than I've ever felt. Mm-hmm. I feel ready to go. I feel more of who I was supposed to be all this time. <laughs> and um, that seems to be really a common feeling. Catherine, can you say anything more about the differences that being 70 made to you? That's fascinating. Well, becoming 70 is also connected with my decision to leave my full-time faculty position. So that was consuming most of my life. And and so with that has come a lot of time and space to to decide what do I really, what are my passions? We all talk about our passions. What, What am I most interested in? What uh, where where can I make a difference? What what new things can I learn? And uh, Gail knows I'm easily seduced by learning something new, and um, and I'm also been looking for patterns. The I used to feel rather fragmented in my administrative work, my teaching, my mentoring, my doing research and writing, all those things that faculty do. And now I'm just I'm really developing um. A nice web of, of interests that are informing one another. And it's a very exciting time. Oh, that's exciting. I, I, I love that. Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. Um, it's um, amazing. When, when our society thinks we're done, what we feel is we're actually just getting started. Um, I really liked what, what you said about at this becoming a time where we really know who we are. Like, uh, this is the person I was meant to be. <laughs> that resonates with me. That's yeah. how I feel now. Yeah, it does. I think it does for a lot of women. And I just love that. There's also, no. yes, go. There's also a certain amount of freedom at this age. So I'm 80. And I find that, and and my husband has been gone for 12 years now. And so I've been on my own for 12 years. And I find that there's this feeling of freedom that allows you to, and, and, and invites you to do the things you really want to do and get out there in the world and can keep moving. I love it. Yeah, 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 love it. So, is that uh, for both of you? Is that sort of the energy that took you into fi- founding Women Over Seventy? And 
Explain how you how you did that, how you got to the point of doing that and why it's so t- really important to you at this point. So I um, first of all, uh, you know, I've been an entrepreneur my entire life. And anytime you create something, you, you come up with an original idea and you bring it to fruition, that it, it has special meaning to you. And so I, I, um, I, when I turned 70, I wanted to interview 70 women over 70. I had gotten the bug for doing a podcast from my son, who's been very active in that field. And, and so that was something that I, I began to feel I wanted to do. And since we started this, so, so Catherine came along because she was retiring and we're both very interested in women's issues. And, and so since we've started this, it, it's, it's, it's exciting because thousands in, in, of people, uh, soon over 100,000 listeners, feel that this is a great idea. And they're wrapping their arms around it. And so that's very exciting and, re- and re- rewarding. It's, it's, it wasn't easy to start. And we have been working very hard at it. And so we're, we're just realizing that we have a role to play in how women are seen and how we shape, how the conversation is shaped around older women. And we are role models in that as well as, as all the women we interview who are inspiring beyond belief. Ask the question again, please, Sarah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm curious about how, uh, if, if it was the energy of, of, of feeling uh, free and more alive that took you into founding the women over 70 and, and why it's so important to you. I mean, it clearly is really important to both of you. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, it is. Um, so my, I have, I've always been involved working in innovative higher education for adult learners returning to get their bachelor's and master's degrees, the majority of whom are women. So I have, I've had this wonderful, wonderful experience of listening to women's stories for over 50 years now and being involved in their lives and helping them to uh, determine what their aspirations are and how education can help them uh, move, move forward. What I, and so I've been very, very interested in women's issues. I've taught courses in it for 30 some years. And so when I was thinking about retiring and Gail and I were talking and she said, well, let we need to do something. We can't just talk about, uh, talk about these issues over dinner all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's, I said, well, yeah, what, what could we do? And she said, we're going to do a podcast. I who seldom listened to podcasts was like, oh, that, that sounds really interesting. <laughs> So um, it was a it was an immersion, but for me it's it's a, a heightened uh, continuation of really listening to women's stories and and thought, and then having a, a platform a venue for them to be able to share their stories with with each other and a, and a wider public, as Gail said, to be part of that larger conversation. Mm-hmm. I, I like I like movement, so I'm thinking of I was always involved in the alternative education movement. This, to me, is another really critical movement mm-hmm. around how we present women who are aging. Right. 
And you know, Sarah, I have I have been in the business world for my entire career. And in the last 10, 15 years, most of my, the vast majority of my clients are women. And you learn a lot about them when you're coaching them and helping them grow their businesses because they share, they're not just business, right? You can't be professional without being personal. And they see me as someone that they are able to talk with and bring all of their issues that 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 affect how they grow their businesses. And so I find women's issues and always have very interesting. And I want to be able to see women be the best they can be, no matter what their age is. So this is a normal uh, change for me to move into. Oh, you guys, I've got about five questions and I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to forget because everything you said, but just um, one thing that you said, Catherine, that I would come back to is I sometimes see the work that you two are doing, the work that I'm doing, the work that some other women are doing as the second women's movement of my lifetime. Mm-hmm. It's not there have been more women's movements, but not in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. And I feel as if, um, you know, we went through the 60s and 70s and went through Mm -hmm. that movement. Mm -hmm. And we went through it without any role models. Uh, We didn't know what. That's true. What it would look like to be treated as a full person in in work and at the home at, you know, whatever. And so we were working without role models. And I feel as if we're sort of doing that again, because. My mother's generation, um, as a huge generalization, just doesn't like us, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, there, of course, there are some standout different, but in general, I see that. So, I, I agree with you, Catherine. I think it's very, I think it's very exciting time. Uh, yes. Do you, in the time you've been doing this, and... Um, have you seen there, have there been any changes in how older women are seen and treated over the last several years? Do you see any, any do you see the needle moving at all? Or do women report to you any differences? I think that there's been some movement because ARP, has become very much a global organization that is working with elder people to make sure that their lives remain as we feel is so important, relevant, and that they are able to get out and and work and have jobs that are meaningful, as we know from volunteering and mentoring and all the women we interview, having a reason to get up in the morning is what changes everyone's view about you. And I I would just add to that. I, in terms of what is out there in the literature, both the academic literature, as well as the popular, Mm -hmm. popular medium uh, in, I, I just did a kind of a quick analysis a while ago about looking at um, how women, women aging are presented in, 
well, I suppose the academic literature, but it's really made a major shift from research being organized around aging as sort of the end of development that we somehow stop developing when we're 65. This is, this is the older literature uh, that women are less well-developed than men in terms of their intellectual and ethical capacities. That's the older literature. Uh, and that the focus has been, had been on the decline. How do we cope with the decline and the um, sort of, um, that we're no longer necessary, that we're just not necessary in society anymore. That has, there's been a huge shift. Uh, and so now we hear a lot about aging well and ages living and uh, positive aging and all sorts of nomenclature. But what's really become the focus is let's get a grip on what the aging process really feels like and looks like across the, the, the later decades and notice both the realities, which can be harsh, and the incredible possibilities that are presented as we, we've talked about some of those already. And so the literature is, it's always a little behind what's really going on in society. But I think there's just much more emphasis on hey, this is a really incredible phase in life. How do we make the most of it? Yeah, I think that, um, in my opinion, uh, ageism is just on the cusp of becoming well-recognized. I, mm -hmm. I think it's one of the last isms mm -hmm. to be paid attention to. And um, in, in popular books, I, I don't know about the academic, but there are more books appearing about um, older women, for mm -hmm. example, specifically. And I'm, I'm fascinated by the uh, work of Becca Levy, um, which I'm sure you're, you're familiar with. And um, I mean, what her research has shown is that one's attitude toward aging significantly affects not only health and you know, but also longevity mm -hmm. you, you actually yes. can increase life by seven and up to seven and a half years mm -hmm. depending upon your attitude i find that amazing i think it is amazing too and i'm um there's starting to be research um, pu published research, but pu published for the popular or for the consumer, not just to be read in the, you know, a, the few academics who might read something. And there's interesting uh, work that one of our guests is doing, Stephanie uh, Ravlock, and she was look. She's been looking at women in their 60s, and what is that experience of aging, and how how are we represented in in, in the larger society? Then there's some years ago, 70 Candles mm -hmm. came out, uh, and that was looking at women, how do we experience life in our 70s? And then Gail and I just interviewed someone who uh, did research and written a popular book about 80-somethings. Right. So what is that like? Right. So we're beginning to, to be able to see some of the, the, the continuum of aging. What is, it, it's not the same, usually, in, from one decade to the other. Uh, what do we what do we lose? What do we gain? It's very interesting work going on out there. Mm -hmm. And the the uh, we also interviewed a woman, uh, Martha Hansen, 
who at 70, 71, just produced, wrote, and acted in her first play at 71. Mm-hmm. And the play, the characters in the play were all women from uh, mid-50s through 80. <laughs> and these were women, and some of them were lesbians. And the play, I saw the play, the play was really well done. And so you begin to see that that older people are being depicted as they are, not as caricatures of themselves. Mm-hmm. Right. I think that's very exciting. I have, um, I'll have to find out from you, uh, you too, about the people who are writing or doing work about people in their 80s and beyond, mm-hmm. because I have a good friend who is in her. She's at least in her very late 80s. She might now be in her early 90s. And um, when I started talking about Prime Spark for women over 55, she said, well, what about us? <laughs> and I'll, what about people in their 80s and early? I, I didn't want to know about that. So. Um, send her to us. <laughs> I will. That's yeah. That. Yeah, send yeah. her to us. This the the person who's who is writing about the eighties is uh, Dr. Catherine Esty, E S T Y. Okay, thank you. I'll have to pass that along to her. So, at this point in your work, what questions are the two of you asking? What are what are questions in your mind at this point? And we keep this up for a long time so we can keep doing what we love. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, um, and can we get the support that we need, the funding to keep this project going? This is a project that deserves to be funded. Yes. And so. I think another, I'm sorry, Gal, go ahead. No, go ahead, Catherine. Well, I was thinking another aspect of it is, while our while we're interviewing women seventy and older, we also want to reach a younger audience, like your audience, 55, 65, mm-hmm. to give them glimpses into what does aging look like as we get into the later decades, and that it's something to be planned for, anticipated in a positive way, that there's um, there's uh, full full and fulfilling lives are being led in these uh, 70s, 80s, and 90s. Because I think we, enc- we encounter and talking with younger women, it's like, well, I don't want to, I don't want to think about that yet. Right. Or, and um, we've had women say that just being part of a part of our community that they've changed their whole attitude about aging. It's, if they're not on a downward sw- slope. So I don't know if this happened to the two of you, but this has happened to me several times. And the first time, First time or two it happened, I was I was so taken aback. But I would talk to some woman about Prime Spark and what I was doing. And and she would get really angry at me. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, I thought, I don't think I, you know, I don't think I was being offensive. I don't think what, what is going on here? And she, the first woman that this happened with finally said, Sarah, I don't want to think about getting mm-hmm. older. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, yes. I got it. Okay, I've got it. Right. If you, if you don't right. bring it up, it's not going to happen to me. That's right. That's right. <laughs> we have had that experience. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 
I think that that um, I'm really interested also along uh, with what you said, Catherine, along with the intergenerational, because mm-hmm. um, I know that you know, you've seen on LinkedIn, wherever else it was, those p- pictures of little kids dressed up as old people coming to school, and they all had canes and walkers, and mm-hmm. they were, you know, and I thought, well, there it starts. There it starts. There it mm-hmm. starts. And, and so we've got to start really young in changing the um, whole view of what it means to get older. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. So. A lot of the intergenerational programs that exist are, are combating that. But of course, they're with young adults or, or older, older, um, older people, older young people who are, are being paired. So there's this Ageless Innovators Program. They're being paired with, I, I mentored, I co-mentored a, a woman in her 30s. And together we helped each other on many levels. And so uh, that turned into a real friendship, which was nice. But the, there's opportunities, and I think you're right, Sarah, that we have got to make these opportunities for younger people and older people to interact in a different way, not just grandpa and grandson, but mm-hmm. people who don't know each other. Yeah, are you fam- I'm sure you are familiar with the work of Sky Bergman. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Um, the interviewer. And that intergenerational stuff she does, I just love. And, you know, what What she said when I, uh, one point was that what she found was that there were some young, some young people who have no old people in their mm-hmm. lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to provide that opportunity for both sides, I think, is, is really good. Yeah. So what exciting things are next? What haven't you done yet that you're looking forward to doing? <laughs> We haven't. Um, well, we've done presentations, and we have we have more coming up now. Now that especially that uh, there are more in person opportunities, mm-hmm. uh, so we want to really build that that part of what we do. We have not uh, yet launched uh, workshops or courses for uh, women over seventy. We haven't written our book yet or books. You've yeah, got a lot to do. We have a lot to do. Yes, we do. We haven't had a retreat. Right. <laughs> yes. Right. Yeah. Dedicated retreat. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we want to continue to find other organizations that are, are part of this movement. Yes. So that we know there's something bigger here that can happen. And we're moving towards finding it so that we can really make an impact. I think that's a wonderful thing, Gail. I think, I mean, there's, as I say, I can, I can feel there is a beginning groundswell of this. And there mm-hmm. are I do too. various individuals and a few organizations. And it's ridiculous for all of us to keep starting from ground zero mm-hmm. or to keep redoing the thing over and over. Um, and it would be a huge service for somebody to somehow figure out how to corral the energy mm-hmm. um, and yes. all get us exchanging, you know, what we know, what we're doing, what's worked, what hasn't worked, you know, who's, who's doing what. So 
Yeah, that would be. It's mm-hmm. a great idea for another program. There you go. Yeah, there, there you go. a conference in our future. Yes, mm-hmm. I do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm already picturing it. <laughs> and, the, and the sharing of ideas and uh, yes, yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to having a conference for older women in 2023, but not with this focus. So this would be a wonderful focus for a conference. Yeah. Yeah. What, what is your what will your focus be? Um, well, the, the name of it is going to be something like uh, women over 50, making the rest of your life the best of your life. Mm-hmm. And so looking at um, just what we're talking about, seeing it, seeing, looking forward differently from the way mm-hmm. that that people uh, have probably grown up thinking, um, not not buying into all the messages we get about what, what we, you know, what we are, what we can do, what we can't do, what we look like, what we shouldn't look like, what we should look like, all that crap. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I think we need to re- retire the word retirement also because yes, it just carries with it so much baggage about oh now you stopped, yeah, and, and now yeah. you can go to the movies or you whatever you're. It's just there's there's no real meaning left, and so I'm I'm Gail and I both are so interested in women's experiences, how we experience um, aging, and not just aging, but just that whole the different kinds of experiences that one can have. And then how do we make meaning out of those? All right. Because you were right. I think I agree with you, Sarah, that there, there really aren't role models for us. So we need to be helping ourselves and, and each other frame our, um, what meaning we make of our lives and, and how to make them meaningful. I think that, yeah, I agree. But I think that the, the whole idea of retirement, as I grew up, with uh, learning what it was is 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 just not relevant anymore for a lot of people i mean a lot of people number one can't afford to number two don't want to um and but but i also sort of when i hear people taking the word and making things like refire refirement Mm-hmm. You know, I thought, oh, come on, you guys. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> let's start with a clean slate and come up with something. Yeah. I have an ongoing, I would say, conversation with my mother, who's 96 and worked, was lived on a farm and raised a family and did all the hard, hard work of, of uh, farm life. And she, um, every, every time I see her or talk with her on the phone, you're retired. You're supposed to be retired. You're not supposed to be working. Why are you working all the time? <laughs> and I was just visiting her and I was, she had, she was rest, resting. I had, I was working on, and she just yelled at me, which she's, oh, she's probably never yelled at me once in my entire life and said, I have to say it. I just have to say it again. You are supposed to stop working so much. So I said, okay, let's, let's say that when you ask me what I'm doing, I'm going to say, I'm having fun. I'm having fun now. Or um, I'm doing something. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, helping my brain stay active and useful. And so <laughs> she hangs on to that notion for, you know, half an hour, maybe. <laughs> 
I don't know how many people have said to me, and I'm sure this is true for the two of you. When are you going to retire? Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. <laughs> Gail gets that all the time. I don't want to retire. Right. Why are you working so much? And I no, love I it. Not, <laughs> I cannot meet you at 10, 11 o'clock in the morning. I cannot do that. <laughs> right. Yes. Right. Right. It, and that's, that's another thing, isn't it? That so few of us who can are, are not working anymore, who are, are um, well, of course, what I, I, so what I mean is uh, other people in my circle are not working. Right. And I'm the only one who is working. Right. And, and, and that makes it challenging for women to maintain those relationships and yeah. to, to be a part of that social. So you can feel very often like a push me, pull you. Mm-hmm. You know, pulled in one direction, pulled in the other direction. That would be a really interesting thing for one of you to write about, about the difficulty, because it is, it's hard when so many people who are good friends are, quote, retired and one and one isn't. Mm-hmm. Um, it's lonely. I mean, you know, it's it's you feel other. Um, Sometimes you do. Sometimes yeah. you do. Yes. You want to do you want to do that, but you love doing this. Yes. Right. So right. it's it's keeps you off balance a little bit. Right. Yes. I had an aha aha moment very recently, and that is that I'm having I'm in my second career. This is what it, it feels like. Mm-hmm. That this is a, a new career that's building on my compassion and interest in, in women for women. Um, I'm learning new skills. I'm moving into other areas in terms of women's health, uh, aging women's health. Um, and so I'm thinking, yeah, I am still working. I'm just not getting paid for it. <laughs> and, and, I, and I love the idea of a second career or a third career. I think I'm probably in my third or fourth career. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, um, that's, I think that's a lovely way to look at it and talk about it. Yeah. So uh, we're at the end of our time. I didn't realize what time it had gotten to be. I've enjoyed this so much. Thank you so much. Um, Thank you, Sarah. Uh, and if somebody would like to get in touch with you to find out more or to join or whatever, how can they do that? What's they can the best? Reach us at info at womenover70.com. They can uh, visit our website, womenover70.com. They can find our podcast wherever they listen, Women Over 70 Aging Reimagined. And that's how they can get a hold of us. And all of those uh, 70s are seven zero. Yes, they are. They're they're digits. It's not written out. So um, uh, womenover70.com. All right. Thank you. (laughs) Yes. So thank you very much to both of you. I appreciate so much your spending time with me. I have enjoyed this. I have loved it. And thank you all for joining us. That's our time for today. Please join us again. You can find our Prime Spark podcast on every popular outlet. Find out more about Prime Spark at primesparkwomen.com. Thank you. Thank you to Gail and Catherine. 
Don't forget, you can find them at womenover770.com. So thank you for being with us. Take care. Thank you. Spread tolerance and love. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us on Prime Spark. With each episode, Sarah Hart brings you conversations that inspire, celebrate, and empower women over 55. If you would like to listen to or download other episodes about remarkable, experienced women, go to EWNpodcastnetwork.com. This podcast is also available at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and most other major podcast sites. The second women's revolution is here, and we hope that you use the insights you've gained here to fuel the spark that will ignite your way forward, illuminate your path, and reflect your gifts in the world. Have you ever asked yourself this question, why is it so hard to make a buck? (laughs) I know I have. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. What I have discovered after going from the brink of bankruptcy to running a multi-million dollar award-winning business is this. You can't build a million dollar dream hanging around minimum wage mindsets. My mission is one million women entrepreneurs generating one million dollars in annual revenue. So here's what I've done. I've created the mother of all entrepreneur success programs that you can access online on your time. It's called Monetize Me Now. It's a seven module online course that is 100% my success formula, covering mindset, mission, management, motivation, marketing, and measure. Come on, take my hand and I'll show you the way to learn to earn flowing revenue for your business. Visit monetizemenow.com for details. Calling all speakers. eWomen Network has speaking engagements all over North America that must be filled. Are you a gifted messenger, author, expert, or successful entrepreneur that can help women entrepreneurs grow their businesses? Our mission is to help one million fulfilled women each achieve $1 million in annual revenue. If you're a speaker that can help women prosper, go to eWomenNetwork.com and sign up as a pro member of our Speakers Network. That's eWomenNetwork.com. Thanks for listening. This is the EWN Podcast Network.